Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, November 8th, 2021. And we like to begin with a, just a brief moment of silence to come together as a group, followed by the sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O oh Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. That mantra is a powerful one, and it, we know that it is the reason why we come to work together in triangles and in all our work for the plan and for the spiritual hierarchy because of the tremendous need in our world at this time. So we really appreciate all of you who make the effort to come out week in and week out to participate in these webinars and do what we can together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energies in the service of the plan and the planet. So our work is aimed at introducing this work of triangles, this work of planetary service to those people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So feel free to visit our website at triangles.org reach out to us through email and reach out to other members of this webinar to form a triangle when you feel ready. For the more we reach out to others who are already members of triangles and those who are new to this work, the more widely will this work spread. And we also come together, as you know, to participate in a meditative visualization in the strengthening of the planetary network. So triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. It's simply the establishing of lines of lighted loving communication between yourself and your two triangles partners, visualizing a triangle of light with at each point, a sphere of light and visualize those spheres radiating, filling your triangle with light and then extend your triangle, link it with all other triangles throughout the world, creating a global planetary network through which light, love and power can flow as we close our triangles work by the sounding of the great invocation, a powerful world prayer that can release these contacted energies of light through goodwill into our world. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day and can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So today after our meditation, we are happy to Welcome back one of our regulars, Clarence Harvey from the UK, 
who works in the field of education with triangles in particular. And his theme today will be following upon our um, World Goodwill seminar that we held this weekend. He's chosen to speak about imagination, vibration, and social regeneration. And so if you were unable to attend that webinar or that the webinar that was a seminar over the weekend on Saturday, the videos of it will be posted later this week so you can catch up on all three headquarters work in Geneva, London, and New York. So we encourage you to do that. So now as we do each week, let's work with a brief visualization in the support of the work of triangles. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, let's visualize a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers, the planetary head center, Shambhala, the planetary heart center, the spiritual hierarchy, and the planetary throat center, humanity. Visualize the circulation of energies from these three centers flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. And superimposed on that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love, wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. And visualize the energies radiating out from each of the five points of the star. From London. Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity. 
solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. So we project the bridge of lighted energy towards the hierarchy and sound together the mantra, the invocation of light. Radiance we are in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. One of the points of focus on our weekend seminar was on the role of companionship and its importance in, our, in the regeneration of our world. It, it's the basis of all communities coming together on the physical plane. Certain special energies can be released and Christ highlighted this. This opportunity of coming together creates a commingling of auras. As an individual, we are quite limited, but when we come together as a group, all of the various energies of which each one of us is composed come together, merging, blending one with the other, creating a magnetic, group field through which a much higher potency of energies can pour in and be distributed more widely. Hence, the importance of coming together. And this is particularly possible when the groups that are coming together have done some work upon themselves, have limited uh, themselves or liberated themselves from some of the challenges which all of us face on an etheric, astral, and mental level to the extent that we begin to purify our vehicles through our spiritual practices. When we come together, we can create a better vehicle for this contacting, holding, and distributing of spiritual energies. So we often talk on these webinars of the importance of utilizing and working with and pondering whatever energies might be available at any particular sign 
in the waxing and waning of the annual cycle. So we know now during this Northern Hemisphere experience of Scorpio, the light is rapidly waning. It's the new moon phase, as we mentioned earlier, between now and the solstice. So it's really a dark time on the outer planes, but it's therefore pushing us into a depth that is not really possible at other times of the year. Scorpio is a major sign of transformation. And as we know from reading the labor in this sign, it's not as if Scorpio enters, as Hercules enters into this labor, that he does so with perfected lower vehicles. He's instead confronted with tremendous tests, tremendous challenges to prove his worthiness for the transformative energies that are available through this Scorpio experience, which the Tibetan tells us is the greatest experience on the path. And so we should all take that to heart because in a certain sense, if we're on the path of discipleship, we're all working under the influence of Scorpio. So we're all part perhaps on the periphery of the new group of world servers who are governed by this sign and its opposite polarity of Taurus. So we have the opportunity now, particularly to work with this greatest opportunity and to draw from it the deepest meaning that we can. We know it's a sign of death. Therefore, it's a sign of transformation. There's much fear about death that's been surfacing over the last almost two year period, but perhaps there are many others who are recognizing that death is a liberation into fuller life as the Tibetan tells us, and it should not be feared. And so perhaps when we've been confronted with this thought form, we can always recall that higher manifestation of it. Scorpio is one of those stages that is linked to a particular manifestation in the natural world, which is quite dramatic in the nature of Scorpio, the twilight. And I happened to be out walking last evening along the river during this twilight period, and I was able to be reminded of this magnificence of the intensity of the oranges and reds, which coincidentally are the colors of Scorpio. It's a deep red that comes as right before the sun sinks below the horizon. And so it brings to mind the beauty and the color the fourth ray energy of Scorpio. And I found a poem that I thought, a brief poem that captured this energy. It's by someone named James Terrell. And he wrote, we've made, we're made as human beings, we're made for the light of a cave. And we're also made for twilight. 
for twilight is the time we see best. When we dim the lights down and the pupil opens, feeling comes out of the eye like touch. Then you really can feel color and experience it. So let's take the intensity of this period leading up next week to the full moon and the intensity of the aspects which are forming at this time to go deep within and to benefit from the depth of the Scorpio experience and the transformative gifts which you could confer on us all and more importantly on the new group of world servers as a whole. So let's now work with our meditation. Standing together, lifting our energies to the center of the event arm cross upon the mental plane and linking with our soul calling that soul energy into our field, blending it with the personality. Linking with all Triangles members throughout the world. And we project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala as we sound the affirmation of will together. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. 
and lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands at the heart of love, at the center of the spiritual hierarchy, and also at the heart of each triangle. Precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Again, project a rainbow bridge of energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all men love.
Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Sound the great invocation silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome Clarence. Hello, Clarence. Hello, Kathy. Hi. Hi. Um, glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, glad to have you back. <laughs> Thank you so much.
Um, <clears throat> so today um, I'm proposing to share some thoughts um, and at the close of with invite us to do a very short visualization and there should be time for questions and answers at the end of that. <clears throat> I'm afraid I have a bit of a tickly throat, so I hope um, I hope I come across clearly. Uh, just a quick check, Kathy, is the volume okay? Yes, sounds great. great. Thanks. Okay. So as Kathy mentioned, and as many of you will probably know, the theme of imagination and social regeneration was brought into focus this past weekend <clears throat> um, by the World Goodwill Organization with a number of very interesting speakers giving excellent talks at seminars that were transmitted by Zoom, uh, organized in Geneva, London, and New York. Because of my own deep belief in the importance of the Triangle's work in bringing in the renewing of civilization and culture globally, I hope that my talk today will contribute to the weaving of our Triangle's work into this effort towards civilizational regeneration on the global scale. <clears throat> so drawing on some of the themes I've spoken about um, in the past, I'd like to offer today a few mental images based on our shared reality and to give focus once again to the role of sound vibrations as a medium for bringing about the needed re-energizing of human beings as individuals and as a collective center of life on our planet. Our daily work of blinking with our triangles partners is an act of directed imagination. Rather than being a random mental act, we develop and direct the imagination in an act of intentional visualization or seeing with and in the mind. The particular visualization of being connected to two other people by a mutually created mental thread of lighted substance and the further intent to see that thread as a carrier of the quality of goodwill or impersonal love between the three people is an amazing imaginative use of the power of thought. It can and does stimulate the imagination in multiple ways and forms an inner basis for the growth of a network of goodwill energy in the world. When we extend our imagination to see our own triangle as an integral part of a growing network of people who relate to each other in the same way, we suddenly discover that humanity is not only what it appears to be on the outside, or as we might previously have thought. A question we might all begin to ask at that point is, what impact will the existence of a network of people related in triangles formation have on human relations, on human societies, on human growth and development? Well, it may well be that this depends on the quality of the vibration of the minds and hearts of the people who are learning to relate to each other in this way. The basic triangles activity stimulates the mind in such a way that it is willing to imagine itself as part of a greater whole, which extends upwards into increasingly spiritual levels of enlightenment, 
understanding, compassion, an expression of divine or even cosmic goodness. We are stabilized in this mental extension by the links we have created with our triangle and with the global network of triangles as a whole. Along the way, we can begin to become aware that our use of the great invocation is not only a guide to our imagination and mental visualization, but is also a fundamental activity in the science of right human evolutionary and spiritual development. I would go as far as saying that the regeneration of human societies into societies qualified by the higher values and qualities of the human soul is summed up in the vibrations of the word formula, which we call the great invocation. <clears throat> to make this a bit clearer, we can refer to the practice of visualizing humanity as a center of life linked to two other major centers on our planet, as we did at the beginning of today's webinar and as we usually do. One of those major centers being the planetary heart center, the hierarchy, and the other being the planetary head center called Shambhala. The Great Invocation invites us to see the function of the will in humanity as being guided by the spiritual purpose emanating from Shambhala. It can be helpful to remind ourselves that each of these centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, has its own sound or stable and living vibration that conditions all lives associated with the, within and with the given center. We can imagine this to be so, and this act of directed imagination can be supported or strengthened by becoming more aware of our own vibration. This is one of the bases, at least, of the sounding or chanting of the sacred word, the Om. In fact, the chanting of sacred prayers and mantras has the effect of bringing to the fore our own higher vibrations, the vibrations of our soul nature. The implication here is that when our imagination is tuned to the vibration of our higher nature, it brings us into contact with higher ideas higher ideals and higher life potencies. It brings us into contact with the vibrations of the two higher planetary centers, hierarchy and Shambhala. We are living in times of tremendous crisis and we know that we must take decisions collectively and even individually that will profoundly determine the path of humanity, the path that humanity will travel for the next major phase in its development. If the quality of the vibrations of our minds and hearts can be tuned to the quality of the vibrations of the two higher planetary centers, then the qualities of these two centers will naturally flow more easily into human livingness and expression. The entire network of people of goodwill all around the world is needed for such an event because of the tremendous life regenerating impact that the energies of these two centers inevitably have when they pour into humanity. The inflow of these energies force us into tension and conflict between the old social patterns and structures and the new and emergent patterns that better express our higher nature. 
They pull us towards soul growth, force us to see what is wrong and what must be righted, force us to choose between the old patterns of relationship and the new Aquarian patterns of evolutionary development. People who are organized and ready for the new life forces are galvanized into service activities that are the practical initiatives that condition societal regeneration. A new consciousness and understanding of humanity as a planetary center begins to emerge. We can already see this happening and we can contribute to this. We are told in the Alice Bailey writings that in the year 2025, a great sound or note will be sounded in Shambhala. This sound described as an O rounded and full sets up a vibration that brings together the most evolutionarily developed lives on our planet who will meet in council in Shambhala. This means that for the first time in our planetary history, humanity has the opportunity to listen for vibrations of this sounding of the O from Shambhala. Because we have been cultivating a degree of sensitivity to the Shambhala vibration over the past 100 years, voicing this sensitivity in the words of the great invocation, we can imagine that we are rapidly approaching a period in which the vibrations of the Shambhala O will re resonate through networks of minds and hearts, such as those who work in triangles, impacting on the quality of the life force expressing through such networks. These networks will naturally be and become organs for the regeneration of humanity in our times. A final point is to remind us that we live within the aura or field of influence of a cosmic body we call the sun. Both Shambhala and hierarchy are said to have specific relationships to the emanations from our sun. Humanity itself has always had a mystical or religious relationship to the sun. And it is easy to see that many of our most enlightened teachers have been perceived as radiators of energies that are sun-like in quality, light, warmth, selfless giving, universality, patience. It is likely that the coming sounding of the O in Shambhala will focus the solar vibrations and qualities in our planetary life in a way that will have evolutionary significance for all humanity. I'd like to close then at this point by inviting us to join, if we will, in, in the short visualization I referred to, a visualization based on vibration. The intent of this visualization is to tune us into uh, the musical vibrational note of the triangles in which we work with light, love and power each day. And to encourage us to feel for a moment the quality of the vibration of the life force of the soul that flows even now in this network. So what I propose to do is to sound, um, I have in my hand a, a musical triangle instrument and I will sound it and invite you to use its vibrations to take you into sensing the feel of the entire network of triangles resonating to a common sound, a common vibration.
So I invite you to feel that vibration in your body, in your heart, to allow your imagination to bring through anything that is of value at this time for you. And anything that comes, I believe, will be of value. So by way of preparation, we can notice our breathing and call into our awareness in whatever way we normally do, the persons with whom we are linked or linking in triangles. And simply to follow that process on the sound of the network as a whole. Thank you. Thank you, Clarence. I think that there will probably be quite a few comments. So um, if anyone would like to share, please um, click on reactions. Let's see, is that um, I don't see that actually, but You could try clicking on your name in the chat box, uh, in the participants box, and you can share audibly, we'll unmute your microphone, or you can place your name and your comment in the chat box. I thought that was just a beautifully clear and powerful exposition, I would say, explication. <laughs> of the opportunity that we have working together in triangles. Uh, so Gary has, a, has a, a comment there, if you'd like to read that. Um, actually, the short answer is no. Um, it, it's, it happens to be just, the particular triangle I have, it's, um, it's not tuned to a specific note. It seems to be a blend because it uses different metals um, of a range of, of tones. Um, and I think for me, the important thing was just that sense that triangles resonate. And it may be that there are multiple notes within the overall note. So. Yeah, the short answer is no, it, it wasn't a particular, um, and certainly not intentionally, um, a particular particular note. 
there's somebody who, who comments that they couldn't hear the sound. Yeah, um, I couldn't hear it either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I, I could strike it louder, but I think it's a very subtle sound. <laughs> it may reflect the reality that um, I think it is something that we, maybe, maybe this will illustrate it. Um, quite a number of years ago, uh, when I first came back to Europe, I attended a conference in the Netherlands and everything was kind of new to me and I felt like a foreigner and strange. And um, I was, we, shortly after I arrived, we had an exercise and we were walking around the room where the conference was held. And I was uh, noticing, I was aware of that feeling of strangeness and being out of place and in a foreign place um, in myself and in my body. And just starting to tune into what do I need to do so that I can be here properly and, and, and take part and make a contribution. And, and as that thought came to me, I kind of suddenly just had a, a feel of triangles with which I'd been working for a number of years. And I had a feel of connection to, not so much to the specific individuals that I, that I was working with at the time, but just to the network. And that feel was picked up in my heart and in my body and filled me with confidence. So the sound is not, um, for me, a, um, we, we use the physical sound and physical vibrations to help carry us into the subtler sound. Um, and that tends to be my experience of it. I think it's interesting that you're speaking about this in the sign of Scorpio, this quality of vibration. Yeah. Because the snake, as you know, is very, very sensitive to vibration. <clears throat> and if we're all, in a sense, as a disciple in the sign of Scorpio, we're living in that sign, we're living in that world wherein it's really important for us to, in our natural state, to be sensitive to vibration. It's, um, there's an interesting one. I think I, I may have referred to this at a previous occasion, but um, in, in, in my garden, um, I'm, I am learning to be more in touch with, with my garden. Um, it's a new garden to me, so that's, that's why I'm learning to be in touch with this particular one. But I found myself one day just walking amongst the various trees that are there, fruit, fruiting trees, um, they're just a few, and just appreciating the beauty and, and the nature. And then I found myself inspired to just sing aloud to one of the trees. And as I took a moment to do that, to just sing out a note, and then paused, I, could, I had the experience of feeling the vibratory life of the tree. Now, this wouldn't have been aud auditory or audible to my ears. Right. But there is something about the recognition that things vibrate. Yeah. Um, and being sensitive or sensitized to the quality of that vibration. And for me, the way in is actually through both loud, audible sound 
and mental sound as well. Um, but I always find that when I externalize, make an effort to externalize the sound with my voice, it helps me to listen better and tune in better. Interesting. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to read the biography of Edward Bach, who worked, no, as you know, with flower essences. I yeah. think it's extremely important along that line of sensing the vibration of trees. That's how he worked. That's how he worked as a healer. He mm. tuned into the energy of the trees and, and knew, he took on diseases and then he knew by you know, capturing the essence of the tree, yes. whether it would work to heal him of the disease that he had taken on temporarily. It's really, really an interesting story of his life for anyone mm. who would like to do it. I see a um, question from Santana, Santana Star. She asks if the sound emanating from Shambhala is O or Om. Um, that, that is specifically referred to um, in, the, in the text. It's in the book Raised and Initiations on page 203 for anyone who wants to look at that. Um, and the, in, in, in the words there, the text say that if I if I tell you this, would it make would it make things any clearer? And 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 the assumption that it may not it, it may not clear things up at all. But it it says if I just paraphrase that the Om sounded in Shambhala is well let, well, let me give you the actual words actually the the Om or the O M the Oms as it is sounded forth by him who stands within the confines of Shambhala signify that the one sound rounded and full of O is sounded forth, but that the concluding sound of the M is omitted. So there is, there is a, an invitation to attend to the O in this particular case. Um, and the effect of this sounding of the O rounded and full is it, it draws in those who are qualified into the council chamber, the highest center of life on our planet. And that there work is done in relation to what's to come, the conditions probably that, that, that the world is ready for um, and how our planet relates to the other planets in the solar system and the work that is going on in our solar system and in our earth. So there is something about very, a very high level uh, gathering, um, which has implications for all life and existence on our planet. And what catches me is, is what on earth has this got to do with me or us? Why are we being told this? And it, I, would, I would say that I imagine that it is because in some way we, we are not only involved as, as if you want um, passive, um, passively being affected by what's done there, but through our own uh, tuning of our own vibratory sounds, to the highest that we aspire to, we actually will become more 
easily receptive to the inspiration, the guidance, the energy, the light um, from these higher centers and be able then to radiate those in our turn um, with, greater, with greater clarity, with greater confidence, with greater understanding, with all these higher qualities that, that are potentially those of the human being and certainly our, our heritage and duty to learn to, to express. So um, it, it is relevant that these things are going on at, high, at higher realms, if you want, at higher levels. Um, and it seems to me that it's relevant to us as a collective and in our, um, we, we're invited to see each point in our triangle as a sphere and as a lighted sphere. And for me, that is, if you want, the, the incarnation of the O that maybe we are all inspired by. I wonder if the, the second part of the O has to be sounded by humanity or humanity overshadowed <laughs> by a hierarchy, you know, because it's like the matter part of it and we're the matter aspect. So I wondered if that's, you know, enough people in the, in the human kingdom can participate in bringing that energy down safely. I like that idea and I will certainly, um, <laughs> I'll certainly look at it. Yes. Uh, Isabel um, Kung says uh, that this brings much together and the exercise reminded me of one of my Solfeggio teachers, one that um, one of my Solfeggio teachers made with us when I was 10 years old. Wow. To listen to the A of a tuning fork until it is, let's not lose it. Um, it's not scrolling down nicely for me. Sorry, just a second. Um, until it is almost not audible anymore and then becomes an inner sound. So this exercise has accompanied me all my life showing how important teachers are. That's, that's an interesting. Yes, and I think, um, when we, we sound the home, um, again, that's one of the, the ways in which we can experience it as a, a sound that kind of disappears into non-audibility, but yet continues so, so we can journey inwards um, on that sound too. Let's see. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Tom Whitty says that um, in, in DK's teaching, there is a passage as to the difference between sounding the O and the Om. And Helena Blavatsky stated that most people do not intone the M of the Om long enough. I wonder if, um, some extent this is a question of how how do we sound sacred words and how do we learn how to do them um if we say rightly healingly and it may well be that it's a lot to do with um 
with intent, with purity of intent, with openness, openness to, to learning, even as we do it, um, even as we sound, for example, the great invocation, to be inviting in guidance in how to sound it effectively. And I, that kind of can bring to us the question, well, what would I think is effective? What, what do I mean by using it properly or rightly? What would be long enough? How would I know? Um, and often I hear different people, whether they're leading a meditation or, or leading in a group, and the OM is sounded in so many different ways. And one of the things I tend to do is to see if I can tune in to, um, I suppose, to the, the rightness of the way it is sounded by that person in that moment. Um, so that even if the OM is at a higher tone or a lower tone to where I might naturally pitch it, if it goes on for longer than I might do it, or if it's shorter, or if it sounds growling rather than beautifully melodious, in a way it doesn't matter or it might not matter, um, but it does, there certainly is great variation in the way that, that we tend to um, sound these, these words. Kathy, uh, you mentioned um, someone about reading vibrations of trees and plants. Brian is asking about if you could name that person again. Uh, the, his name, sorry, is, the, name, the name of the book, sorry. Well, his name is, it was Edward Bach. And you've probably heard of Bach Flower Remedies. Um, that's the man who de developed Bach Flower Remedies. And it's probably the only biography of him. Mm. Um, mm. It's really, really... And it's such an incredible book. He was such an incredible man. So. Mm. I see Don, Don has posted that, an answer to that. He's, yes, he's got that, the bark for flower remedies. He's put it in the chat box. Linda asks if uh, we've ever heard of the sound of the spheres. Um, if that's addressed to me, <laughs> um, I suppose I, I would say no. But it, what I have heard, which was a, a shock at the time, well, a su total surprise um, and quite a galvanizing surprise was um, some time ago, uh, deciding to sing directly to the sun. And so I sounded out a note aloud towards the sun because I thought, well, this is a practice I have. I'll do it all around the place. I do it. But why have I never done it directly to the sun? So I did. And when I finished and I paused, and to my surprise, I heard the sun singing back. So it wasn't an intention for me. It was just a sending out of the, of the sound. And I heard the sound singing back in such a way that it pulled my head back up to look at the sun and kind of shocked my, my, my body. I could feel it in my body. And the only words I can use to this day is that the sun was singing back. But if I were to kind of interpret that and, and, and probably put it a bit more accurately, it's actually that the sun is emitting a sound all the time. 
uh, it's emitting a note all the time. So that all the spheres, the planets are orbiting, functioning, all life on this planet is actually functioning within a field that carries the sound of the, or the vibrations of the sound of the sun. And years after when, um, you know, it's the internet developed and all this, and then you got, I came across, um, oh, tune in here for NASA's recording of the sound of the sun. The sun has a note and I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so we can take those things as, as mystical experiences. We can take them as scientifically based um, experiences. There is something about looking into the meaning of the physicalized world and the physicalized world of experiences and using also the physical concrete realities that we have as springboards to subtler levels of perhaps the same things. So a human being, you, me, with a physical body, but what's going on within or through this body? What is this body signaling, pointing to? And that's our journey, I think, as we, as, and we can use sound to, to help that journey, both to, to kind of go inwards, penetrate inwards, as well as to ground what we, the qualities that we experience when we reach into the unifying sound that makes us humanity and not something else. Yeah, I think the ancients understood that concept of singing to the sun because I believe that Gayatri is mm. originally sung, was sung at sunrise and at sunset. So there's that that recognition and yeah. Well, Clarence, uh, there's so many more comments, but I think we're going to bring this to a close now, and I will send them to you and. Um, Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I'm sure everyone is sending you the same vibration of gratitude. <laughs> so as we do each week, let's just take a moment to visualize the planet surrounded by the network of triangles radiating light and goodwill. Thank you, everyone. Look forward to seeing you again. <laughs>